It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Hi, this is Stephanie. And Dave. We'd like to take a moment to recognize that the past few days, weeks, years, decades, and more has been marked with systemic racism against the Black community. Now is the time to listen and make change. So each month, we'll share a podcast or charity that we can all support to continue amplifying the voices that need to be heard. This month, we're supporting Black Voters Matter, whose mission is to increase power in the communities, as effective voting allows a community to determine its own destiny. You can find more information and donate at blackvotersmatterfund.org. We stand with our fellow Black podcasters, listeners, B-movie makers, actors, creators, friends, and families. Thank you. Hello, Fractaculars. You are now flipping over to the B-side. Hello and welcome to Cinema Craptaculous Presents B-Sides, where we dig through the streaming pile of crap that the internet has to offer to find that rare gem, the B-movie whose heart is bigger than their budget. This is Dave, and with me are my uncrappy co-hosts, Tara and Adam. Tonight, we go way back to 1978 for a Hong Kong kung fu classic, The Five Deadly Venoms. Here's how IMDB describes The Five Deadly Venoms. A dying teacher instructs his final student to check on the activities of five former pupils, each of whom he has taught a unique and special style of kung fu. Centipede, snake, scorpion, lizard, and toad, hence the title. His final student, who knows a little of each style, must team up with one of the other good students to destroy the evil ones if there are any. Greed and treachery ensue as the student discovers that some of the students are indeed evil. But which one can he trust enough to team up with? So, this was so exciting! Well, this was... this. I, I do want to say this was the English dub version of the movie that's on Amazon Prime right now. Yes. And I don't know... If the English dub changed the movie at all, but uh, that's that, that will be the plot line we're discussing. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot, a lot was lost in translation. Um, I, I have a feeling it was, and it, I don't. Here, can I can I admit something? And you guys might both get mad at me or offended or whatever. I think this is truly the actual first real kung fu movie I've ever seen. You what? Really? Come on! 
You've never seen I a had kung a feeling fu it would, movie. Yeah. I I don't think I've ever like sat down from start to finish and watched a kung fu movie. And not even like a modern one, like you know, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or well, yeah, like no, that? I yes, no, I have watched those. I would say like okay. yes, but these are like these are like where all of that came from. And watching it, there's so much of modern cinema that came from these movies, and like you know, huge, yes. Huge, and people don't realize it, and that's actually I didn't. A, a huge gripe I have is when people are like, "Oh, these movies are cheesy and dumb." I'm like, "Yeah, but you have to look past some of those aspects to like, in terms of general filmmaking, how much they accomplished back then. It was amazing. It was amazing, and like, as speaking as a person who knew very little about it, and watching this particular movie, which was from 1978, and I have to say, like, the film quality, I was like, holy. Like, it looks amazing. It looks like it's remastered. It's probably not. It just was shot so well. And the fight sequences and the camera angles and stuff they did that I was like, why was everybody not freaking out that these are the best movies coming out of the world? Like, they, it was really, like, compelling, like, action, an action movie. And I was really impressed by the quality of the film as well. Like, the, the, the physical look of the film was really just crisp and clear. Um, I don't know why I'm focusing on that right now. I feel like uh, a dum dum. Or <laughs> like, oh, you could see every grain. <laughs> well, but uh, it did surprise me because I think I'm used to these being on like, you know, this thing from the '80s called UHF, oh, which yeah. was like yeah. the the non channels uh, that were network television, and it just being really looking disgusting, not disgusting, but looking really degraded and high grain and dark and then of course also you have it as four by three back then when you're watching it on television so that that messed up everything sure but yeah i was really pleased with this one i also think the strength of movies like this and again maybe this is just me coming from a person who just didn't know much about it is you know this is not a complex plot right they lay it out at the top here's what's going on here's what i need you to go do Go accomplish the movie. And not to like mm-hmm. jump to the end, but like the end scene is like, he does it. And they're like, cool, see you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Walk off into the sunset. Well, I loved at the beginning, the uh, teacher is like, I've taught all these people how to kill indiscriminately and be super powerful. And now I'm a little concerned they may be evil. So <laughs> I'm old. Can you, you know, you're a new student. Can you go hunt these guys down and just, you know, make sure they're not. Bad. And my favorite part about all of this is they're called the Poison Clan. Like oh, anyone would go, oh, that's... you know who are some really good guys? The Poison Clan. <laughs> like, let's invite the Poison Clan over for a barbecue. Like, what do you mean you're surprised they might be bad? They're called the Poison Clan. It's you know, like... I was looking for a tutor for my child. And, you know, when I think of a, like, solid tutor, I want a guy called the Toad to come over <laughs> yeah. and really, like, give my kid the what for. <laughs> I I like the every time they referred to them, they also referred to what student number they were. Yes. So it's like, oh, you're number one centipede. <laughs> and I'm like, well, could you just say centipede? Or it's just every time you made that correlation, and I swear within the dub there were places where they messed up. Oh, I was oh, yeah. gonna say because oh, yeah. I I was found myself going, wait, wasn't he number four? When did centipede yeah. number one? I thought he was number four. 
four. Like, and wait, I thought four and five knew each other, but one, two, and three didn't know each other. That yes. was the other weird caveat where he's like, okay, three of them definitely don't know each other. But then the last two do know each other. It was like the most convoluted thing. I wanted the student by the end of his explanation to go, hold on. Can you just do that one more time? Why is it so, like, why is it so... Con- and you don't know if they're evil? Okay. Right. Plus, and you don't know their names or where they are? <laughs> and the other, the other aspect was, oh, and also, go to this guy who has a ton of money. He, he'll fund you. But I don't know who he is or where he lives. <laughs> He's basically and like, just dead. Go, go to this town. He's like, go to this town. Yeah. Have fun. Can I have some money or, like, something to start? Nah. Just, just go nah. do it. What, what, what town should I go to? Eh, any of them. Any town. They'll probably all be in the same town because that's what, yeah. you know, poison people are drawn to each other, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but I have to say, so I was like, okay, so this plot is going to be amazingly weird. And, like, you know, each person had their amazing, like, you know, fighting skill, which all these guys know kung fu. So that was like, I was like, oh, great. This is amazing. But the, when the lizard guy levitates, I was like, this is 1978. I don't even see the wires. Like, what the hell? It was so amazing. Well, and the other He could run up walls like Spider Man. Right. And I'll say this, like, uh, plot wise, script wise, whatever, each of the characters, along with their fighting style, were super clear. Yeah. Like, each of the different, yes. like, kung fu masters, you're like, oh, yeah, he has a unique personality and an interesting point of view, and he's d- pursuing this for his own diabolical reasons or, you know, yeah. good reasons, whatever. And I-, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I I liked um, when when the master was describing all their skills. He kept saying really fast, though. He's <laughs> 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 like... And centipede, he's really fast. Wait, and scorpion, he's really fast. Now hold on, can we stop for a second? Is the centipede fast? Because no. like yeah, that, that was I, a reoccurring I, I thing. It's like, oh, he's as fast as a centipede. And I'm like, is that like something you want to brag about? Like a centipede, <laughs> no. like felt quick and you know insects. I don't really think of them that way. It really was. I mean, I was lizard like... is the fastest. Yeah, right. of, of all these animals. Yeah, a lizard would be the yeah. fastest of all of them. No, I, I did the same thing with centipede. I was like, oh, like, it should be like his arms move fast enough to look like it. he has, like, a hundred, like, arms. Like, that's what, to me. I was yeah. like, you just explained it wrong. It's not that he's, he's a centipede is fast. It's that they have a ton of, they have a hundred arms. My favorite part about the centipede is so they do like introduction shots of each of the oh, kung fu yes. masters, and so like the toad is super strong, so he has a bed of nails he lies down on, and he doesn't he's not hurt. And then they have the uh, the lizard who climbs up a a wall, you know, suspends himself, and then blows out candles by punching really fast. And then you've got the scorpion who has these like elaborate sticks with stuff way up high, and he does these awesome jumps and kicks mm-hmm. them off. And then you've got the uh, snake who is using his really strong fingers to just pierce through jugs of water or sake and cause them to like spill out. Oh, yeah. And then they just throw plates at Seneki. They're just dropping plates from above, and Centipede's like kick, punch, and he's shattering (laughs) these plates. And it's like, did they run out of budget for centipedes intro? (laughs) Like, they built these really elaborate, nice set pieces for everybody else. And then they're like, you know what? Just throw a bunch of plates from Crafty at Centipede and have him punch him. Oh, Adam, I'm so glad you brought that up because it made me laugh so hard. Because they get little shots of his hands, like, going in the air, and then the plates breaking. And I was like, what? Is is that a show of strength? I don't know. I feel like if you threw plates at me and I, like, punched them in the air, I'd probably break them, too. (laughs) It It was a show of speed. 
It was. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, just... But I have to say, the one thing, the one other overarching thing that kind of took me out of it, and I just was like the best thing in the world, is all. So I re- let me read my exact note because I was like, this, this is where I was like, hold on a second, hold on a second. Uh, well, first of all, the police uniforms look like they had ceiling fans attached to the back of their neck, um, yes. <laughs> like <laughs> the blades. Uh, oh God, now I can't find this note. But basically, oh, uh, like, oh, the guy, so he was like one of the, I think he was one of the cops and he comes out and I'm like, did they draw stubble on his face? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> Is that, it was drawn on. It looked like he was about to join the Backstreet Boys. It was so good. <laughs> I was the like, face. I have to disguise myself. Put oh. pencil marks on my face. <laughs> no one knows who I am now. And the best part is there's a, a lot of other characters that do that, but the ones that are the best are the guys that could actually grow the mustache, but they couldn't grow the, grow the rest. So it's, like, drawn in, and everybody has the same, like, hairline on their, che- on their cheeks. <laughs> By the way, can we talk about Law and Order in oh, yeah. uh, China? Because, oh, my God. Because, first of all, so basically uh, – the uh, the young student goes to the city. There is someone who he's supposed to find, but he gets killed by one of the members of the Poison Clan. And they catch the the guy who supposedly did him. They bring him to court, and they're like, hey, did you kill this guy? And he's like, no, I didn't. And this is the judge's line verbatim. He denies the crime. All right, use torture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Every, every... They just start torturing him. <laughs> It's just like, is that how it worked back then? Like, Law and Order China was fucking terrifying. I know. I don't. It, I was like, does it work like that today? It may. TBD. Well, they, they, at the end, they have, uh, I think, Toad on trial. What happens is that this witness who witnessed uh, the the first guy who was arrested, and I think it was Scorpion. Uh, centipede. Centipede got arrested. It was Centipede. Yeah, that's right. It was Centipede. Um, and this guy's... Uh, this witness is saying, oh, it was him, it was him. And then that night, a snake comes to the witness and he's like, you're going to say this is what you saw or you're going to die. So the next day, the guy's like, no, what I said yesterday, not true. It was this guy. It was Scorpion. Or Toad. Toad, it was Toad. It was Toad. And so the judge is like, okay, arrest Toad. Now, Toad, confess. We can't, we can't punish you until you confess. And they're like, he's like, I didn't do it. I'm not going to confess. And the judge is like, okay, torture him until he confesses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was this moment where he's like, yeah, Toad, you confess. And Toad's like, I'm not going to confess. I didn't do anything. And so he starts to leave. And, of course, the police stop him from leaving. And a fight starts breaking out. At which point the judge, instead of, like, banging his gavel and calling order, he gets up from his chair. He turns around where uh, the snake uh, poison clan member is who's a bad guy. And he's like, this isn't going well. And they have, like, a three-minute conversation. Well, you can hear in the background Toad is beating the crap out of, like, a thousand police officers. Who, by the way, Toad's special ability is he can't be hurt by weapons or fists. Like yeah, like nothing. is like super tight. And when they eventually, they're like, hey, we have to find Toad's weakness. They couldn't, so they just threw a knife into his brain through his ears and found out that his weakness was his brain? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, or ear holes? Ear holes is his weakness? Yeah. Like, they found my weakness. It's 
stabbing me in the brain. <laughs> you know, uh, thankfully, I would never die that way. Like, that is not my weakness, right? Can't we all take a little bit of it? That was so funny. I love that the idea that the rest of the poison guys are going, oh, my God, he never protected his ear holes? I mean, that's like <laughs> yeah. Kung Fu 101 is make yeah. sure you build up an ear hole tolerance. Just put on some headphones, bro. Like, maybe just like some super cool lead headphones. Like, I don't know. I also have to say in that scene where it's like, the, you know, after the murder scene and like all those poor women are dead, which, by the way, are the only women in the whole, yes, the movie. whole movie. They're all these old ladies. Oh, yeah. They're lined up, like tied together and just like crying. And then the next time you see them, they're all just dead. They're all and, dead. And then so they're all dead. I'm like, wait, how'd they? So what did they How'd they die? But that's fine. Nobody cares because it's women, I guess, because it's another thing. Like, oh, it's just dead women. But then they start examining <laughs> the men that died. And my favorite is like the handprints that are still on like oh. the chest. Like, yep. like I love that there's a move that gives you an immediate heart attack, and then that heart attack causes blood to come out your ears because that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> they would also, like hit him in the chest, and then like their ears or their nose would bleed. I'm like, did, what? What did everything inside just explode out their holes? <laughs> uh, I love the idea. That, that that would be a good finishing move. <laughs> <laughs> All your organs just explode out your holes. <laughs> I love the idea that these guys, because by the way, they didn't have any weapons when they walked in to like no. start tying these women yeah. up, which means they went around woman to woman and punched them in the face to, <laughs> to death, I guess, and then went to the next woman. But they're all seated, which yeah. means like basically Betty is sitting there watching Mary get pummeled to death and is just kind of like, uh, here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm next. I guess I'm next. <laughs> Uh, Jane, I'm sorry. Jane's waving to her from down the line like nobody did anything to fight back. It was outstanding. Yeah, no. As as the good as women should be subservient even in their death. Like, right. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. you know what? I don't want to well, bother I mean... this man as he kills me because he's got a long. He's got six more women to kill after me. <laughs> it's a busy day yeah. of pummeling women. I don't want to be the difficult one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's in, really ingrained in the culture. Just, but th- there's also a lot of them. There was a lineup of old women. And I'm like, okay, what's this movie going to send the message of? Oh, my God. And here's the other weird part about that scene is that's the – so the the thing that starts off this whole, you know, torture, law and order movie is that the Wulan family gets killed, right? And that's who these women belong to. However, there's only like – Three men yes! in the family, and the rest are old women. Yes. So are they all like polygamists? Is that what, is that a thing? Like, do they all like I married six women over the age of fifty? You know, so Wulan family. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I had I the same understand. thought. I was like, so are they just a bunch of like sets of triplets, and like you marry one, and it comes as a set? Like, I don't know what happens in China. But like, uh. it seemed like they killed a lot. The other thing about Toad is he's in prison right and they're like damn he's in prison and somebody brings him his his dinner and i'm like i haven't had a dinner that looks that good ever it was like a fully (laughs) plated sushi like hand cut rolls and i'm like is that chinese prison because i might be into that (laughs) and the best part they bought it and they brought in like a basket yes when they pulled it out of the basket it was already like arranged on plates so they must have carefully stacked the plates within the basket next to the bottle of sake and then it was just presented i mean like top-notch cuisine at that chinese prison I want one of you at some point to serve me a meal with that much care. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like PB and J with the crust cut off. <laughs> there's uh, there's so many things in this movie that just made my heart warm. Like so, 
the witness accuses Centipede. He, uh, the witness gets threatened. He recants his statement and says it wasn't Centipede, it was Toad, at which point the judge is like, yeah, it's probably Toad. All right, Centipede, you're free to go. Centipede laughs like a madman. Just, <laughs> he's, just, he's like, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And everybody's like, yep, I guess he's really happy to be free. I don't know. <laughs> Well, and then less than twenty four hour then less than twenty four hours later, the witness dies, mm-hmm. the guard that was yes. a part of it dies, like and everybody was like, Whew, I guess Toad murdered all those people while still being locked up. He is a menace to society. <laughs> Better murder that man. I liked how the judge upheld the law even though he was a thousand percent corrupt. He was working directly with Snake, who was one of the evil ones. And Snake was like, maybe we just kill him. And and the judge is like, no, can't do that. But let's have him pass out. And then I will have another guard take his hand and sign the confession. And then we can kill him. And then we'll murder him. Right. Because the signed yeah. confession while you're asleep, totally. We totally. Just as long as it's in his hand. I don't understand how that. <laughs> so they, they murder Toad. They murder the witness. They murder the guard. And then Snake who is arguably the mastermind behind all of this, sits down and goes, oh, when will the killing end? I'm like, you're doing the killing! You're the one doing all of the killing! What do you mean? You just have to stop! Just stop, and the killings will stop! Yeah, it was such a burden for him. He sat on his throne, surrounded by servants, and he's just like, oh, this is so sad. I'm like, what? And then meanwhile, like... Uh, we haven't talked about this, but the other, like, my other part, th- like, favorite part of this whole movie is in any, like, fighting scene, the sound effects and, like, the little, like, what? And every time somebody moved or, like, hit, like, it was always a sound effect. But, like, the little snake thing at the end when he would put his fingers like this, he looked like the weakest person in the world because, like, you have to kind of contort your, like, arms to get it to look like that yeah. snake. So the rest of his body, I'm like, just hit him in the belly. Like, he's super open. <laughs> I liked uh, that um, the student who was uh, going after the five Venoms, the teacher told him, you have to ally with one of the other Venoms in order to defeat them. And at the end, you see why. Because they were like, hey, if we both gang up on them, we'll be able to beat them. And that was their plan. Yes. It was like, you attack him from the left and I'll attack him from the right. And we'll beat him. You attack him from above, and I'll attack him from below, and we'll beat him. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. Two on one, and we'll beat him. I mean, that like, the, the sensei or whatever you want to call the guy at the beginning, the teacher, he could have just said that. Like, team up with one of them. Yeah. That's it. Like, Because then, then you can <laughs> yeah. defeat them together. Like, that's it. It's not that. It's not a mystery. Also, and, well, speaking, of, speaking of teaming up, guys, I just want to – Snake and Centipede were a couple, right? <laughs> Like, it, it felt that way. Like, yes. Adam, you like just offended an entire like like culture. No, no, there's nothing. No, there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's very progressive. It's just that <laughs> like they'd sit there and like you know uh, at the end, snakes there with his like open shirt with a string of pearls around his neck, yeah. and in walks centipede and his in his like really flashy uh, garb, and they have this lovers quarrel about what to do with the money they haven't found. And I'm sitting there going, "Oh, they need the money to run away together." Like I'm forming a whole separate narrative in my mind. And I'm like, "Oh, guys, give her the money. They need the money. They can't live like this. Come on." But you know, I didn't. I was looking for a love story the whole time. So thank you for pointing that out to me, Adam. You're welcome. And now I see it. Now it's all coming clear to me. Uh, the other thing I want to say about the end is so. 
it's really like this really long, elaborate fight scene, which I enjoyed so much because the fights were so good and so compelling, right? But so there's five people, right? There's two people fighting this, or no, there's three people fighting this. But the whole time Scorpion, for like a good, like 75% of that scene, just stands there and watches. And then like, you (laughs) see him standing and just watching like back and forth. He's like, oh, there's that fight. He's like, oh, there's that fight. And I'm like, is he just waiting for them all to kill each other? Because like, actually, that's kind of a good plan. Guys, oh, uh, Centipede's death may have been my favorite death scene I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> so Adam, happens, you're so giddy. <clears throat> it's exciting. I know, I know. It's exciting. You got, uh, 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 no, lizard, right. You got lizard and you have this pupil. They climb the walls and they kind of hang off the walls after they like deliver this massive blow to Centipede. And Centipede's like staggering. He's like, oh, I don't know. Well, how can I, how can I fight them? They're, they're halfway up the wall. And so, he then proceeds to, no lie, two minutes throw what would be the equivalent of a kung fu hissy fit, where he does <laughs> all of these amazing moves, but, like, they're, they're not impactful at all because, you know, they're just up there on the wall looking down at him like, oh, you foolish little boy. And he's doing these amazing jump hook kicks and these, like, really elaborate, and then at the end he just kind of goes, <laughs> And he falls backward and dies. I'm just like, that was outstanding. Like, everyone should die that way. I want to see a John Wick where oh. everyone gets shot <laughs> and dies. Well, they're all Russian in that, so it would have to be like a, a Russian, elaborate Russian death. But regardless, like, that's what I want to see when I go to the movies. That's just good cinema. I mean, you would say, like, his cause of death was drama. Like... <laughs> <laughs> That's what, exactly what I thought. I'm like, he's really, he's really like, he's looking for some sort of award with this. Cause it really was, it was like very like, there was so much like pain in his face and like everything. And then he just, he really does. He just like gets on his knees and then just dies. I'm like, wait, but what did he? Okay. I'm hoping that what happened was originally when he was pitched the character, they were like, so Centipede's going to be the one at the end of the movie who walks out and saves the day. And then he got the script and he was like, wait a minute, I'm the villain? And then he had these, like, really, really, like, hard conversations back and forth with the director. And they're like, look, John, you, I'm sorry, buddy, but you're the bad guy and you have to die. This is where you have to die. And he's like, but none of the other Venoms have died. You have to die first, John. And he's like, all right, I'll die. I'll show you die. And then he just <laughs> goes to town. They were like, can you do that one more time? But pull it back just a little, just 10%. And he's like, nope, 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 nope that's one all and I got. Done. And then John walks off set and he's like, ah, <laughs> yeah. there's no way to cut around that. We have to use the entirety of John's <laughs> <laughs> And the guys on the wall are just like, well, he's really going for it. I don't yeah. know. It's like, I know I have the next line, but I don't want to, I don't want to do it. I don't want to step on this. Because this, this is just like, wow. Like I know it's pretty cool that we're like just hanging on the wall in like the horizontal position and like nobody's really done that before on film, but this guy's really going for it. So <laughs> could it even have been that John's like, wait a minute, that's that's they get to do that? I wanted to be the guy who climbed up the wall. Yeah. No? All right, here we go, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I am a centipede, you'd think. <laughs> it seemed like he should have been the one to be able to do that. By the way, I learned something in this movie because, you know, the, the, the five traditional uh, kung fu styles that everybody always hears about is like you got crane, you got, uh, oh, right. what is it, like tiger, 
uh, snake, dragon, leopard. And, like, they're sitting there going, you know, those five kung fu styles everybody knows. Toad. And I'm like, Toad? Yeah, it's a centipede. I'm like, centipede? Wait a minute. Hold on. I've never heard of these kung fu styles. And, you know, I have not studied kung fu. That's, you know, maybe I'm just an idiot. I've heard of things like mantis. But what the hell is a fucking uh, uh, centipede style of martial art? But if you do some deep dives on uh, the internet, these are legitimate martial art forms that people have studied and developed. So I grew. I grew. One more Wait, so you did the deep dive, and would you like to show us some moves? Uh, I would, but I'm in a VO booth, and there's just not enough room to encapsulate my kung fu. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Maybe we should take some pictures of you trying it and put it on Twitter. Look, I am not built for soft styles of martial arts, which require agility and speed. I'm built for styles of martial arts where it's like... I can take more punches to the face than you can, and I will thus hit you back. Like I have that, am- that's that's what I call the Rocky style. Yeah, 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 very much so. It's like you know, boxing. I'm right there with you. No problem. You want me to do capoeira? No, sorry, I don't. I don't do that well. I think, as we've said over the years, very, very succinctly, is Adam Smash. Yeah, and exactly. that's really that's what we get. What I get. Yeah. Look, everyone has a skill set, you guys. <laughs> Mine is eating. But- and breaking things like that in that order. Like, <laughs> okay, so if you were uh, that, a true. kung fu master, what would your style be? Your your style would be the food style. Uh, <laughs> mine would be the style of the manatee, which is just to slowly float along through life, and eventually, if something does disturb me, my giant tail would come up and smash down, and then I just go back to floating through life. Mm. <laughs> That's good. Mine, I think, mine would be the sloth. <laughs> <laughs> style it's just slow moving period i, I wouldn't fight back wouldn't fight it's just back. slow moving what about mean, you tara i hate to go back to it yet again but it really would be the house cat style like just <laughs> taken care of fed like when i don't want somebody to touch me i i injure them and then i want them to pet me two minutes later so i feel like that's really that's where that's my feel in another life because again if we're going to be believing in you know reincarnation i'll take it there are worse things to come back as than a house cat i mean i mean almost anything <laughs> <laughs> yes right uh, i mean because with a house cat you get to be an asshole and rule the your little personal kingdom absolutely right. and people still right. compliment you all day long like yeah, you are a, yeah. you are a vicious dictator that's like has a million followers on twitter yeah. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> you never have to smile. You never have to like anybody. Nope. <laughs> I also loved, even though it was dubbed, when they, because they were the five Venoms, they each had a mask that <gasps> represented their thing. It was like uh, a clay or paper mache mask. And even though it was dubbed, whoever was doing the dubbing was wearing a mask so you could I barely know! understand them. <laughs> it was like, I think that's a good idea. I forgot about that. I wanted to mention that too. It's so good. I'm like, you didn't, you didn't need to put the mask on too. You yeah, should just dub. You could just dub it. Uh, you guys really went for realism in the dubbing booth, didn't you? Just fantastic. Shall we rate this? Yes. Oh, Adam's so I mean, excited. I, mean, I feel like Adam's gonna have to start. I, obviously, he's just got. I he know, just I know. jumped up in the air. <laughs> Which is hard for so, me to do. Yes. <laughs> and then the whole that by the way, that was what that earthquake was, everybody. Adam <laughs> you guys all felt that. Adam moved. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So our rating system, we have a three-tiered rating scale. The top is Cinema Craptaculous, an absolute must-watch. The second one is Craptaculous, totally watchable if you have some time. You know, if you're in the middle of a pandemic and want to waste a weekend, it's watchable. And then Utter Crap, which is a hard pass. I will gladly start. I'm giving this a Cinema Craptaculous for multiple Mm. reasons. One, because it's a really well-made film, technically. I think the uh, the camera work looks great. It's lit really well. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. At, like the actors did a great job with it. But on a on another level, it, besides it being a really cool kung fu movie, you can laugh at it because the dub is so bad that the it, it's just entertaining on a multitude of levels. And it's a really fun, enjoyable way to spend you know an hour and a half of your time. So I'm giving it a cinema craptaculous. Oh, Adam, it makes me, it warms my heart to see a happy Adam. <laughs> it's a rare thing, guys. It's a rare, rare thing. I, I'm, I'm going to say craptaculous. I, I think it was, um, I think it's a great, fun kung fu movie. It just didn't, it just was, a, there, were, there were parts where I was just a little bored. And I was like, okay, can we, can we get to the next scene? And yes, it's a movie from 1978, which is always like, they're, they're not going to like, constantly be uh titillating you but i i think it's definitely watchable and it's fun uh but craptaculous that's fair dave that is fair look at adam's crying and i hope you're okay with that I know. so it's it's fine i kind of am so i, I listen <laughs> we can make our own rules this is our podcast so i'm gonna i'm gonna like here's what i'm gonna say for people who have never seen like a traditional kung fu movie and for the wigs alone this yep. is a cinema. This is a cinema craptaculous, right? Like on that level, if you've never seen it and you want to see some of the best bad, good wigs and facial hair usage, it, this is your this is your movie. <laughs> However, I I felt like Dave is. There were some parts that I kind of like. They did drag a little bit for me. If this had twenty percent more fights, so if it was just a movie of just these fights, I'd be like yes. But so. Yeah. If you are more familiar with it, and I'd say craptaculous. So I'm not committing. I'm, I'm only half committing, but I do like there was parts of this that I, oh, my God, I super enjoyed and loved. And I don't want to downplay that because it really was. And I actually think because it's from 1978, it's even more like impressive. But there were there were parts of where I was like, OK, that's well, completely just, fair. That's completely fair. A lot of the time, the pacing in this movie was like very reminiscent of like a 70s Western. Yeah. Hey, and you know what? We here at the Cinema Craptaculous wanted to give a shout out to our buddies over at Tenish Podcast. They are the comedy entertainment podcast covering top 10 lists plus fun facts, inappropriate banter, hot dogs hosted by the Nick Emil and Sidekick host. They're lovely. It's a fun podcast. Their last one that I listened to was about Samuel L. Jackson, who, I mean, you can't really encapsulate Samuel L. Jackson in just 10, top 10 anything. But we wanted to thank them. Um, We think they're pretty great. They apparently gave us a great little shout out and uh, we just wanted to return the favor. So if you're looking for a new podcast, you like our podcast, you should follow them at 10ishpod. That's on Twitter. And I believe they're anywhere that you can listen to uh, and a podcast. Thanks for joining us on this B-Side Cinema Craptaculous journey. This is Dave and ever present with me are... Tara! And Adam. And remember, you don't have to avoid that streaming pile of crap. Jump on in because you never know what you just might find. Hey, hey, no more noise or I'll whip you. 
Thanks again for joining us on our Cinema Craptaculous Presents B-Sides Journey. Subscribe to Cinema Craptaculous on iTunes or Spotify. And if you weren't totally offended, or even if you were, please rate us on iTunes. It helps us uh, get the Craptaculous word out there. And remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Craptaculous.